appreciate you. I am just so inspired and empowered by every single one of you who listen and subscribe and rate and reviewed this podcast. And if you have it and you just listen, I would ask that you would go review and uh, subscribe to the podcast. But I still thank you for just being a part of the experience and just and just being on this road with me. Um, this is a passion that's been on my heart for a while, but it's not just a passion, it's a purpose. And that is very important, guys, to understand that we don't need to follow our passions. We need to follow our purpose. Man, I just am so inspired by you guys, and I just want to keep putting out these episodes. Um, and I hope they've been beneficial for you just as much as they've been beneficial for me. Um, I want to start out with a fact today. And I actually have not tested this fact, but um, if this is true, which it seems to be, but I've never tested it for myself, um, then please email me and let me know if this has actually worked for you or if it does happen, send me an email and let me know if it worked. But if you have a runny or stuffy nose, which is highly contagious right now because of the weather and changing of temperatures and just colds from daycares and schools, etc., etc., push your tongue against the top of your mouth and push a finger between your eyebrows. Hold it for about 20 seconds, and your nose should actually clear. Now, like I said, I've never tried that myself to see if it works, but supposedly it's a fact, and supposedly it really does work. So today's topic is going to be on finishing strong with courage. Finishing strong with courage. To me, Two words that more clearly define a call to action than any other two words in the English language is finish strong. How many times have you heard somebody tell you that? Man, you just got to finish strong. Last rep, best rep. Last set, best set. Last test, best test. Everything that you do, you need to finish strong. Isn't that just a massive call to action? For me, it's finish strong. See, I challenge you to find two words that more absolutely define a performance objective. For me, the words finish strong are pervasively used in our culture, and they are a perfect example of how the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? You see, when you combine finish with strong, you create a powerful platform for action. You see, it's not uncommon for these words to flow from the mouths of athletes um, as they describe their goal in pre- and post-event interviews. Have you heard that? You know, I just want to finish strong. You know, fourth quarter, I just, you know, we, we can't give up. Fourth quarter is the hardest quarter. Fifth quarter, fourth quarter is where we need to 
have the most energy, be the most powerful, be the smartest. The media uses these words to describe the performance of everything from the stock market to the stock car racing. You see, and lastly, for as long as man has documented history, the spirit of these words has existed. Charles F. Kettering said, Believe and act as if it were impossible to fail. Believe and act as if it were impossible to fail. Man, the words finish strong have become a driving force in my life. For years now, I've been trying to just finish, finish strong and achieve excellence in life. And in, in not necessarily, it used to be sports when I played sports in high school, but now in weightlifting and, and, and playing music and teaching you guys and in business. You know, I'm trying every day to personally embrace the finish strong mindset in all aspects of my life. And when faced with the challenge, which I'm faced every single day, guys, with a challenge or adversity, you know, I just have to keep reminding myself to finish strong. You see, Dan Green said, regardless of what came before or what has yet to come, what matters most right now is how I choose to respond to the challenge before me. Will I lie down or will I fight? The choice is mine. And I choose to finish strong. See, isn't that just powerful? It's an attitude, guys. It's a choice. It's a personal choice. Just because you don't get the result you want doesn't mean that you just have to give up. Sometimes you got to just lean into God, lean into commitment, and feel the greater sense of accomplishment and satisfaction knowing that you gave it all. Today I'm going to talk to you and tell you a story about a man who inspired others through his courage, led others through his courage, and left a legacy in, in through courage and in finishing strong. If you haven't ever heard of the performer, athlete, track runner, John Baker, if you ever heard his story, he was too short and small and out of shape to be a runner for his high school track team. But let me tell you, John loved to run, and he wanted to make the team no matter what. He wanted to make the team more than anything else. But see, his best friend, whose name is John Howland, was a tall and promising runner and was heavily recruited by Bazano High School track coach. But he wanted nothing to do with the sport. How many times has that happened in your life? I know it's happened to me multiple times and it's frustrating. You just have a passion for something. You just love it. You have know it's your purpose. You're good at it. You work hard at it. And it just things don't go your way in it. But then there's some other person out there who, uh, yeah, I like it. It's cool. You know, whatever. You know, I'm just doing it to do it. Or I don't really want to do it. But And, and people are all over that person wanting him. Wanting him. Or exactly in that same field that you want. Isn't it? Don't you ever experience that? Isn't that just frustrating? And get this. So this is the interesting part of the start of this story. John Baker convinced the track coach to let him join the team under the premise that his best friend would follow. And the coach actually agreed and let John Baker become a runner. 
The only reason why John Baker became a runner on the team was essentially because he was used by the coach to get John Holland. Sometimes we feel used in life. Sometimes we feel like we just are being ran over and taken advantage of. But no matter what situation or circumstance you're in, take advantage of it. Be courageous in it and finish strong within it. You see, the team's first meet was a 1.7-mile cross-country race through the foothills of Albuquerque. The reigning state champion, Lloyd Goff, was running, and all eyes were on him. Everybody was there to see this guy, um, Lloyd Goff. And the race began, and a pack of runners led by Goff disappeared behind the hill. And the spectators waited, and they waited, and they waited. They were, you know, they crowd assumed that it was one of the favorites. You know, they thought Goff was going to be up there and it's going to be a massive lead. And it was just going to be an epic, you know, finish from Lloyd Goff because, you know, he's going to try to, you know, run the state champion two times in a row. But then the silhouette of a single runner appeared. Just a single runner, not a group of runners, one runner. And it was John Baker leading the way to the finish line. In his first meet, who blew away the field and set a new meet record? I wonder how the coach felt. I wonder how the coach feels today who cut Michael Jordan from the middle school basketball team. But Michael Jordan didn't give up, did he? He finished strong. Now look at the legacy he's leaving and has left. You see, when people asked John what happened behind the hill, he said that during the halfway point of the run, he was struggling really hard. Struggling really hard. Have you ever struggled? Do we struggle? Do you struggle? I know I struggle. But he asked himself this one question. Am I doing my best? Am I doing my best? Are you doing your best today? Are you doing your best every single day, every moment that you're breathing. So still unsure if he truly was giving his best effort, he fixed his back, I'm excuse me, he fixed his eyes on the back of the runner in front of him. And he said, one at a time, my entire focus was on one thing, to pass the runner in front of me. Not two or three runners in front of me, but the runner directly in front of me. You see, he committed himself that nothing would distract him. Fatigue, pain, nothing. He allowed nothing to distract him. And one by one, he caught and passed each runner in front of him until there was no one else to pass. Now, as the season progressed, John proved that the first race was not just a fluke, wasn't just beginner's luck. Once the race began, the fun-loving, unassuming teenager became a fierce and relentless competitor that refused to lose. Guys, we got to go out there every day with our purpose and refuse to lose. We got to have a, a an attitude of fierceness. We have to have an attitude of relentlessness. 
You see, by the end of his junior year, John had broken six meet records and was largely regarded to be the best miler in the state. And in his senior year, he ran the entire track and cross-country season undefeated. Winning the state championship in both events, I would say that, in my opinion, the future looks certainly bright for this 17-year-old boy. John entered the University of New Mexico in 1962, and he took his training to the next level by running over 10 miles a day. Guys, don't think that's easy, because I did a few weeks ago, and my wife and I were in the living room, we were hanging out and with, with our son, and we got to talking, and I was like, yeah, you know, I can run a, I can run a, a 10K, I can do that, Psh, no, no, no big deal, like, uh, you know, I'm an athlete. I was an athlete in high school. You know, I work out every day. I'm in the gym. I'm in good shape. I, I can do that. So, I get this pride in myself, and I'm like, you know, let's go right now. Let's go to a track and let me run it. Let me show you that I can run it in less than 50 minutes. I googled what is a what is a good time for a runner to run the 10k in. It was like 45 minutes for a male. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I can do that. I can I can do it. No big deal. I get out there, and guys, a half a mile in, I'm about to die. It's just different. It was different for my body. It wasn't something I was used to. My body was just caught off guard. Guys, it's not easy. So running 10 miles a day, that's pretty awesome. And in the spring of 1965, John Baker and his team faced the most feared team in track, the University of Southern California Trojans. See, what was little doubt that the mile belonged to the Trojans? During the race, Baker led for the first lap and then purposely slipped back to fourth. He purposely slipped back to fourth, guys. Now, at the far turn of the third lap, Baker collided with another runner vibing for the position. You see, Baker stumbled and struggled to stay on his feet, losing valuable time. And with just under 330 yards to go, Baker dug deep, and living up to his reputation, he blew past the leaders to take the victory by a merely three Seconds. Yes, I would definitely say the future looked brighter now for John Baker. So after graduating college, Baker set his sights on the 1972 Olympics. And in order to have time to train and also make a living, John took a coaching position at Aspen Elementary in Albuquerque, where he had the opportunity to work with kids, something he's always wanted to do. And within a few months, Coach Baker became known as the coach who cared. Because what do you want to be known as? What do you want to be known as? The person who cared, the person who invested, the person who loved? You see, he invested a great deal of time and energy into working with the students as individuals. He was not supposedly a critical coach, but only demanded what he demanded of himself that each child give their best effort. And the kids responded and loved learning from Coach Baker. Now, in May 1969, just before his 25th birthday, 25th, guys, 25 years old, John noticed that he was tiring prematurely from his workouts. And two weeks later, he developed chest pains, and one morning he woke up with a painfully swollen groin. So he went to see his doctor, and they discovered that John had an advanced form of testicular cancer. 
the only chance John had was to undergo surgery. The operation confirmed the worst case, though. John's cancer had spread. His doctor believed that he had, at best, six months to live, and a second operation would be required. Guys, I can't even imagine the devastation that John Baker must have felt. Can I mean, think about it. I mean, you were healthy, you're 25, and all of a sudden, you're, boom, your life's changed in within a month. You know, I just, how easy, Just I just think about how easy it would be or would have been for him to lie down, quit, and feel sorry for himself. I know I do that sometimes. When something doesn't go my way, I just decide to lay down, quit, go, you know, feel sorry for myself, go to bed, so I just get out of that zone. Everybody else try to do that? Just go to sleep, get away from your problems. But in fact, guys, shortly before the second operation, listen to this. John drove to the mountains and prepared to end his life. To end his life. This is a man who convinced a track coach to be on the team, convinced a track coach to let him on the team, set record after record after record, set more records in college, became a coach, was going to the Olympics, had great success, found so much joy in coaching and having these kids to invest in, to just to some simple bad news, to now making him want to go kill himself. I'm not saying the news is a, was downplayed. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying 10 years of great success and then one month of bad news went from being I'm going to the Olympics to I'm now committing suicide. You see, he didn't want to put his family through the pain. And just before he thought of driving off the cliff, he recalled the faces of his children at Aspen and he wondered if they would think that this was the best that Coach Baker could do. And he decided that moment that this was not the legacy that he wanted to leave behind. Guys, if you're going through pain, if you're going through a struggle, you have a legacy. You have a battle. You have a purpose. You see, at that moment, again, he decided to rededicate his life to his kids and continue striving to give his best effort. John was not a quitter. Don't be a quitter. He drove home determined to give his best effort for the rest of his life. So in September, after an extensive surgery and a summer of treatments, John returned Aspen to Aspen, where he added a unique program to include handicapped kids within the sports program. He appointed kids as coach timekeeper or chief equipment supervisor. You see, everyone that wanted to was included. And by Thanksgiving, letters from parents were arriving daily at Aspen Elementary in praise of Coach John Baker. John created a special award for any child that he thought deserved recognition. He used his own trophies as awards. 
man, can you get that? The the awards that he worked so hard for, he's now using, carefully polishing off his own name and giving them to other children. Mm. He purchased special fabric with his own money and at night would cut blue ribbons to give to give awards to children. You see, John and John refused to take medication to help with his pain because he was afraid of how it would impair his ability to work with the kids. That's how dedicated he was. He decided that working with the kids and giving them the best was more important than taking medication to throw them off. Now, I'm not saying don't take medication. If, the, if you need to, you need to. In early 1970, John was asked to help coach a small Albuquerque track club for the girls. The Duke City Dashers was their name. And by that summer, the Dashers were a team to contend with. Baker boldly predicted that they would make it to the AAU Finals. You see, and unfortunately by now, Baker's condition was complicated by the chemotherapy treatment. And he could not keep down any food. His health rapidly deteriorated and he struggled to make it to practices. And one October, at practice, a girl ran up to Coach Baker and shouted, Coach, listen, guess what? Your prediction came true. We're going to the AAU Championship next month. And that really, just really motivated John. And he was elated and wished for one remaining hope, to live long enough to go along. Um, Unfortunately, it was not to be. A few weeks later, John clutched his abdomen and collapsed, and he would not be able to make the trip. Then, at the age of 26, on Thanksgiving Day in 1970, John Baker passed away. 18 months after his first visit to the doctor. You see, he had beaten the odds by 12 months. Guys, 12 months. The doctor told him, six months. He had beaten the odds by 12 months. Two days later, though, the Duke City Dashers won the AAU championship in St. Louis, in St. Louis for Coach Baker. Now, as it stands, that would have been the end of the story, right? They won, yay! They did it in honor of Coach Baker. That's amazing. Except a few days later, after his funeral, the children at Aspen Elementary began calling their school John Baker School. And others rapidly adopted this change. You see, a movement began to make the new name official. The Aspen principal referred the matter to the Albuquerque School Board. In the spring of 1971, 520 families in the Aspen district voted on the matter. Guys, listen, this is amazing. There were 520 votes for the name change and none against it. That May, at a ceremony attended by hundreds of Baker's friends, family, and kids, Aspen Elementary official Lee became John Baker Elementary. And today, John Baker Elementary stands as a testament to a courageous young man who believed in giving his best effort right down to the very end. And his legacy continues through the dedicated efforts of the John Baker Foundation. And here's a poem that I want to read from John Baker which he, wrote, which he wrote five years before he passed away. It says, Many thoughts race through my mind as I step 
up to the starting line. Butterflies through my stomach fly, and as I free that last deep sigh, I feel that death is drawing near, but the end of the race I do not fear. For when the string comes across my breast, I know it's time for eternal rest. The gun goes off, the race is run, and only God knows if I've won. My family and friends and many more can't understand what it was for. But this race to death is a final test, and I'm not afraid, for I've done my best. Guys, live your day every day to your best potential. Be courageous every single day, every single moment. Dale Carnegie said, most of us have far more courage than we ever dreamed we possessed. See, Robert Cody also said, have the courage to live because anyone can die. Because isn't courage almost contradiction? Isn't almost isn't courage and almost a contradiction? Somewhat in terms, because it means a strong desire to live, taking the form of a readiness to die. Go out today, be courageous, and finish strong. I encourage you guys, finish strong. And and if you want to, his name is John Baker. Go look him up. Go read his story. Guys, it's an amazing, amazing story. Even though I told you some of it, there's more to his story. There's more achievements that he's done, that he has done and accomplished. I just um, wanted to read you a story because I thought that story was so inspiring. It inspired me. So, guys, have a great day. Again, be courageous and finish strong. Show them we are better